0: Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping seven figure plus donors build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm Andrew Darian and about a year ago was in Austin and had dinner with a group of entrepreneurs and sat next to a guy named Will Roman, who really fun, smart, upbeat guy. And halfway through dinner, he, he uh, whips out this cowboy boot, actually pulls it off his foot, shows it to me. And it was super interesting and, and he was getting ready to launch this brand. And so we connected about a year later And he's had incredible success growing what is a really interesting, very niche, homegrown Austin brand in a grassroots fashion. So we talk about how he's, we talk about why he only offers free shipping to Texans. Uh, We talk about uh, if it's possible to scale the brand voice beyond the founder, how he's using pop-up shops, how he's using really interesting personalized text texting to his customers to uh, engage them and learn from them and drive sales. Not with like a texting platform, but with his phone. It's pretty cool. So had a lot of fun in here, cover a lot of ground. And if you're thinking about building something that really resonates with people very deeply, I would strongly recommend sticking around to the end of it. So first big thank you to our two sponsors who make the show possible, the e-commerce fuel private community. If you haven't heard of this community by now, I'm doing an awful job as a podcast host. It's a community of a thousand plus in the trenches e-commerce store owners. Average store size is about $3 million in sales. And why should you join? Well, you get to connect with people who are doing this kind of stuff. You can learn from them. You can search our deep archives to understand how people are facing problems. You can tap into our review directory with over 10,000 reviews of software and agencies and consultants and make some incredible friends. Most people you hear on this podcast are part of that community. We just actually rolled out a net promoter score thing. We actually beat on the net promoter score front. Apple, Zappos, the Ritz-Carlton didn't beat Tesla. Bum me out a little bit. Tesla's got the edge on us, so we're coming for you, Musk. But other than Tesla, people tend to like it in there. So that sounds interesting to you. Come learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. And secondly, a big, big thank you to the team at Clavio who helps brands build relationships across any distance delivering email marketing moments your customers will appreciate remember and share in good times and the bad and since it's all driven by real-time customized e-commerce data what your customers have done seen or purchased you can make sure every email feels incredibly personal so visit klaviyo.com forward slash ecf to start a free trial that's k-l-a-v-i-y-o dot com forward slash ecf all right let's get into it with will Will I just saw before uh, just a couple minutes before we hopped on actually that you were recently named the best boots in Austin, Texas. That's pretty. It's pretty, pretty cool. Congrats! I appreciate that, man. Thank you. What like what is it that makes your for people who haven't seen your boots who have not been next to you the last you know year starting this company? What makes your boots different?
1: Well, we focus on a few things. Number one is comfort. You know, there's there's a uh, I redesigned, re-engineered, the the whole footbed area of a cowboy boot, you know, I had back pain and I would wear my boots anyway because I'm stubborn and then I would deal with it. <laughs> you know, as a Texan, you can't not wear boots.
0: Is this a common thing that cowboy boots cause back pain? Then,
1: you know, it's like an unspoken thing. We've got a little bravado in Texas, if you're not aware of. Really that really? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, m- most of it's earned and, uh, and some of us, uh, you know, the rest of it, you just got to keep up appearances,
0: but you know, it's not, bra- it's not-, not bragging if it's true, right? I not know what they say.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, it's not bragging if you can back it up. <laughs> That's the core. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we can, we can get into it, but the, the, the core of it is going to be the fact that they're you can wear them all day. And then we, we kind of went back in time and, and, you know, we make them old school, you know, we make them tough. They're, a, they're a, it's a premium boot. It's kind of a dress boot, but it's built to actually be a working boot. And most cowboy boots nowadays are made in big factories and they don't do that anymore. So, those are, those are the two core things. And I think the third one would be kind of how we run the business, you know, our ethos, what we're about.
0: And did you have, we're going to get into that in a minute here for for designing, like, do you have a background in footwear? Do you do you hire some you know ex one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year Nike consultant, or how did you end up redesigning? What gives you the you know the you know the street cred to be able to, or the just the you know the expertise to do that? Or do you just figure it out as you went along? I have a strong belief that you don't need to be credentialed to do
1: anything <laughs> in this world,
0: <laughs> except and- cut hair. You have to have a license, like tons of training to do that.
1: <laughs> so that's to my girlfriend, you know, she does a pretty good job, um, <laughs> but you know, thank you. Thank you quarantine for unlocking new skills in people. But no, I I, uh, I, I went into it and, and just kind of forged ahead. You know, you hit your head against the wall enough times, eventually it's gonna break. And this was no different. You know, there's lots of information. I mean, I started online and and then I, I bought all the books I could at half price books. And then I started cutting open my own cowboy boot collection with a saw and and then quickly wised up and said, why am I doing this? And I went to Goodwill and bought a bunch of used boots and cut those open.
0: <laughs> well, you you had a, a really cool live stream that you did and it lasted an hour or something where... You actually cut across, I think you cut open, same thing. You showed one of the the competitor's boots cut open, and then your boot cut open, and we're comparing the differences. It was pretty cool. That's right.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. We actually have a, a, we had such a good reaction to that, that I have a a longer video coming out that is just the cutting, and then going like piece by piece what's in it. And that's where you start to see some of the big differences.
0: So you- you create these amazing boots. One thing I want to touch on before we get into, uh, you know, I'm talking about the ethos of the brand and voice and manufacturing and all this other stuff is you just mentioned before we get on that this is the, really the first time you've done something that you really truly loved or that you really truly felt like you didn't have to, I don't know, you didn't have to pretend. Am I, am I summarizing this right? How did you phrase it when we were talking earlier?
1: I think this is the first time I've ever had a job or a means of employment and income that really aligned with who I am. And that's extremely exciting. You know, it's, and it's, it's a crazy journey, right? Like there's no way going forward that I would have ever thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a bootmaker. So let me do, let me have a background in design and let me start a company, you know, a company here and let me go work in manufacturing, which I've, you know, I've done all these things and then one day I'll be able to put them, put them together. You know, I just, I just, lucked out. This is the way the, the world moved, you know, for me. And, and I'm very grateful and very happy to be here.
0: What, what is it about you personally? Maybe we can kind of get into this too. Let's start kind of moving into voice because we had this, you came into the, the e-commerce fuel community. One thing we do is we would bring all of our new members in and kind of in, try to introduce them to some of our community guides and see if there's any questions they have. And one of the questions you asked right out of the gates was, how do you get someone to... How do you hand off the voice of your brand and like the ethos of your brand? Because you'd been trying to do that and that's a tricky thing to do inherently. And, and I think you would, weren't 100% happy with how that was going. And so before we get into that, what is the voice of like Chisos? Am I saying that right? I am right, Chisos? Chisos. Chisos. The, uh,
1: yeah, the Chisos Mountains out in West Texas. That's ah, correct.
0: that's right. That's in. Is that in Big Bend National Park?
1: Yes. Yeah, Big Bend National Park, one of the most amazing places on the planet.
0: Very cool. So, Chiso, what's the, you know, what's the, what do you say the ethos of the voice is when when it's nailed perfectly, when you're doing it perfectly, spot on?
1: Texan. (laughs) But, you know, quiet confidence. There is this balancing act. And if I, have you seen Lonesome Dove, by the way? I
0: have read the book. I just finished it actually about two or three months ago. One of my favorite top five books of all time, but I've not seen the TV series.
1: Impressive, impressive. Well, Bill Whitliff, rest in peace, great Texan, wrote the the I guess the screenplay for the for the TV series and he, you know he took the book and he cr- recreated the characters of Woodrow and Gus and if Chiso's had a personality it would be the merger of those two it's this quiet confidence it's this appreciation for refinement however you know, they're both Texas Rangers. They know how to get their hands dirty. They know what responsibility means and they don't need to brag about it. It's just there when, when you see them walk and when you see them interact. And that's what we try and be.
0: Dang, man, that's pretty good. Is that on your about page? Because not if you should, you should, we just package that right up and put it on there. That's really cool. I'm a little biased. I read that and fell in love with those two characters. Um, I got to say that anyone who hasn't read it, just a little sidebar here on that book. It sounds like it would be almost like a hallmark, poorly produced, made for TV, sappy story. And it's not. Like it's a really it, it that's always my impression of that story, but it was a phenomenal book. Really, just unbelievable book. So
1: I have to admit I haven't read the book. I've only watched the series. And so, so are I you saying
0: it, are you saying in one way, just a little bit, I'm more Texan than you? I think that's what you're saying here.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, you could you could paraphrase it that way.
0: <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to claim it. Sorry, I interrupted you.
1: No, it's totally fine. I had a, I had a similar experience where I started it. You had all these accolades and thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of hallmarkish, and you know, it starts kind of slow. And but about twenty minutes into it, you start to get hooked. And then you know, after the first episode, each episode is like two and a half hours. I'm like, what's going to happen to Gus? You know, (laughs) you just get sucked in, and it's and it's they don't pull any punches. You know, I mean, I won't give anything away, but they, it's real.
0: It, it is really yeah the ending is is interesting so anyway moral of the story here if you haven't read that or watched the series go check it out it's 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 not the hallmark softy that you think it would be all right so back to uh back to jesus so so that you got the voice so that's kind of the voice how so how does that come through in in your branding and your writing and your your videography and your copy like how does that come through when it's coming through well and then what are some of the problems you've had trying to to hand that off to other people because your business is has grown a lot, like I mentioned at the top, very rapidly. And you're, you, know, it's, you can't do everything. I and mean, so what does that look like when it's done well? And how, how, why has it been a challenge to hand that off?
1: That's a great question. So, and a broad question. I'll, I'll start with the product itself. You know, th- the experience of pulling on a pair of Chisos boots is different than other boots. And you immediately notice it. And it's my favorite experience. And we can talk about this a little bit later. I know you want to talk about pop-up shops eventually. And, and I can reveal a lot more when we get to that section. But the, the boots themselves really wrap up and, and embody what we want to be about. You know, there's the attention to detail. You know, I went through and re, not reimagined, but re-evaluated every single thing and how a boot is classically made. And should we keep it or should we change it? you know, or should we return to the old ways? And trying to translate that into, you know, our website and our social presence is, is difficult for me. The way we've done it is is really just trying to be, just trying to be honest. You know, Earlier on in the in the process when we were getting going, you know, I would I would write these long form social media posts, which is kind of unusual for Instagram, right? Usually people write a sentence as a description, or they ignore the description, you know. And I would write, you know, three hundred to five hundred words for a Instagram post, and the things I were writing about were just the things that were important to me. You know, I wasn't trying to fake it. You know, I was writing about. You know Texas. You know you. <laughs> do you remember in the '90s? There's a Bud Budweiser commercials, and they had like XYZ guy, and there was way too proud of Texas guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't remember those. I'm gonna look those up. The one we get done.
1: Oh, it's so good. You should put that music into the podcast. They've they make little songs with everybody, and and so you could you could summarize me as that. But a lot of it was just me trying to to, to find my way into this into this world and how I was approaching it, and and I wanted to you know live a certain way you know the when you pull on a pair of cowboy boots as being a, a native texan there's this sense of identity that comes with it but there's also a sense of responsibility it's a little bit like pulling on a uniform you know that people are looking at you a little bit differently especially if you're in the city and there's a certain a certain pride that comes with that and that responsibility to live a little differently. And so I try and I try and just write about those things. I write about them you know, subtly and 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 then the photography, you know, 95% of the photography is me. I've got a, a good buddy, Dimitri Garcia, who, who does some of the better photography, but a lot of it is me. And it's stuff that I'm actually doing around Texas. I'm going to Big Bend. I'm out in the hill country. And so it's just it's just being real. And this is you know what we alluded to earlier about have, having a you know owning a business that feels aligned with who I am is that
0: I'm not making any of this up, and so totally makes sense. Lifelong tax and obviously proud of where you're you're from, uh, love it. Want to share that with people, share those values. Completely makes sense from a branding perspective. How has it gone when you have tried? How, I guess how's it gone when you've tried to offload that, not offload it, but hand that off to other people? What's worked and what just has not worked?
1: You know this has been a challenge and. You know, I think there's there's two areas where you might want to hand some of this off. And one's internal, right? You know, producing your own content. And the other one is attempting to work with press and PR and, and writers who are writing about you from the outside. And the thing that I've found, and, and a lot of this actually was through some of the guidance that you yourself wrote and other members wrote in the forums, is that internally you have to have someone who is bought into your worldview. You know, ideally I think it would be easier for me if, you know, hiring all Texans who just intuitively get it and a certain subset of Texans, honestly, who aspire to something more. I mean, a lot of our writing, a lot of our values are aspirational is one way of doing it. But the other way is to have somebody who, who really embraces it and is willing to learn all the different nuances. And so that's where I've started to see success is it's it you can't just hand it you know say hey this is kind of what I want to write about go do it you have to really bring someone in show them they have to believe in what you're doing and then they have to put their own spin on it you know so right here inside you know chisos hq it's it's myself and it's katie doran and katie has actually comes from boston I've never seen anybody take to Texas like she did. It was like a fish to water. She came down here within 24 hours, had bought like a Texas flag jacket, and I was like, "This is amazing. You were, you were secretly born here, I'm sure." And so she was able to connect with it, and then she has developed her own voice in the Chisos vein, and that's been been really really rewarding, honestly, as a business owner to to see. You know, because it's like they're taking on. A little bit of you and your vision.
0: So, a couple of question offshoots off of this. First one is in that discussion we had in the forums. One of the things we talked about was was as an owner and a founder being so having such a very clear, rigid is probably not an unfair word view of what your brand should look like and how it should operate and how it should sound. How much of the problem do you think is? You know it's probably been I don't know 4 or 5 weeks since we had that discussion how much of the problem in reflection has been you having too strict of a sense of what your brand needs to sound like versus you thinking no this actually is a big part of why we've been successful and I need to make sure that whoever is doing this ends up doing it the way I I have in my you know in the vision I have in my my brain even if that means we have to get someone else or or be stricter on these certain criteria I'm going to lean towards the latter
1: and you know this may be me being overly restrictive but I do firmly believe that our early success and our success to this point has been because we are different and there's a nuance to it there's a word smithing to it you know certain words mean things differently to a texan and there's certain references that mean something and so I think what I have found is that for the time being I'm going to have to be involved in that Aspect of the business. And that's not a bad thing. It's one of the things I love the most. And there is this, you know, as you start a business, right, you're doing a thousand different things. And part of the value of a really good, you know, second in command is somebody who can come in and start to take things off your plate and also tell you when, hey, you're actually really good at this, you should keep doing it and that's a great application for anything in business right double down on what works and i think with the brand voice it's one of the things that i am particularly i have that vision and so for probably the the next you know 1000 days you know there's no i'm going to be involved in that part and it's and it might be holding the reins too tight only time will tell but it's also one of the pieces that I like the most about it. And, you know, that's part
0: of why you start a business. Yeah. So anyone who's struggling with this right now, what, what would you tell them? Again, you're fairly new, even though you've seen amazing traction over the last probably six months-ish old. Would you just say, don't let go of the brand voice until you, you feel like it's being done really well by your team? Don't be, don't be afraid to hold on to it as long as you need to. Or what would you tell people if they're, if they're struggling kind of with this and feeling like when they hand things off, they're, you know, what's the voice that they feel is important to success branch brand just isn't going to communicate well. What would you advise Would you have for them? As you alluded to, I think you need to determine, is it one of those things that you
1: need to ensure is running at 100%? And if it is, then at a minimum, I would still be the filter. And one of the things that we've done is we've decided, okay, what are the things that need to be filtered, right? Newsletter, that's a top one. You know, talking to press, that's a top one. Writing the copy for, you know, Instagram ads, maybe not as important, and so that's where you can start to to give people a broader, uh, a longer leash to to go experiment. So I, I guess to summarize the the advice would be that you know if you've determined it's one of those core important things that let people experiment. For me though, I'm I I think it's valuable to kind of be that final filter, at least until somebody is consistently recreating things that. You feel like you would have written yourself.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm mean, on my side it, with with kind of brand voice because I, I I don't think I'm quite as maybe gifted as you are, but it's still important to me with with that e-commerce feel and what we do. And whenever we hire, whenever we've hired for community manager positions in the past, multiple times, always. I always try to get people to to go through and, and engage and see what their natural voice is. Because you can be coached a little bit here and there, but man, I have found it is really... You can also teach people different nuances, but to, to meaningfully, materially change the way somebody communicates in their tone, tone is such a hard thing to teach, I have found. And it's... I mean, maybe a few people out there can get someone to change that, but... I don't know. My approach has been find a tone that I like, someone who has a great tone, communicates in the way that I want them to, or I feel meshes with our brand, and then work from there because it's going to be really hard to try to change that going forward.
1: I agree totally. And I think actually I might be steadily following your advice. We, we had a write-up in Austin Monthly by a writer named Laurel Miller, and she killed it. I mean, she told the story the way I would have told it, She had the voice that I would have wanted to use. And it's because she, you know, grew up in ranching and she came to Texas at a young age and she's embraced the place. And so I'm attempting to, you know, woo her over to create content for us because exactly like you said, she's already got it. You know, I don't know that I could even train somebody up in that, but she's already got it.
0: Do you want to share her email address and anyone listening who wants to encourage her? We can just, you know, crowdsource a bunch of people to, you know, encourage her to come uh, come partner up with you. You want to share that right now?
1: I'll <laughs> respect <laughs> her, her privacy and her inbox
0: zero. <laughs> uh, I figured you'd do that. that. was worth a shot. Love talking about this. I want to also talk about how you got such early traction because again, you started the brand, was it November 2019, correct? We launched November 1st. That is correct. And you sell a very expensive, albeit extremely well made product that you would imagine could take some time to scale up and get some traction. already you're doing 40, 50k per month in sales. How did you how were you able to move that quickly with a product like that? What has it been? Talk me through the marketing and the promotion. Is it how much of it has been digital advertising, how much of it has been just getting people and putting it on Did you pop up shops. Uh, walk us through that.
1: Sure. Well and I have to caveat everything that, you know, dumb luck plays a huge role in all of this, you know, but my approach wasn't very sophisticated. It was just a lot of elbow grease. I would say the the lead up to this is, you know, before I had a product, I already started posting. Uh, I already started, a, you know, social. I mean, it's kind of scary when you start a social media account. It's like, how many followers do you have? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, That's a challenge when you, when you look at that every day and you're like, I got three followers today.
0: Who were related to me. This one person though. God bless him for following me. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, hey, hashtags work. It's
1: bizarre. And so what I what I did is I was I was just telling what I was trying to do. I was sharing the process of going down to Mexico. I was posting about Texas. You know, every couple of days I'd be like, I had this for for a minute I had this series of posts that was like, is there like any better way to you know, paint your front door and then be like clap, clap, clap. No, there's not. And of course it'd be someone painted a Texas flag on their door, you know. So it, it, it just stuff like that. And and then once I finally had prototypes, you know, I was driving around mostly Austin, but the greater state, I was mailing them to people at times and mailing them back. Cause I wanted as many people as possible to try them on, to give me feedback, but also to really experience, hey, this is different. You know, I would, I would go, I was crazy. I would go to the bars on sixth street and I would just put my boots up on the table. And when you put like eight pairs of boots on a table, people come up to you because they think you're selling something and they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, Hey, you want to try on some boots? Like you're a little Lysol. <laughs> can you, by the way, can you imagine a world right now where you would go to a bar and try on boots? Like, this is crazy.
0: Well, it depends how good the boots are, right?
1: <laughs> well, it dep- well, this is—I mean, yes, but like you know, pre-Corona, right? You know, the
0: things that we could do. Like, I could never do this yeah. now. Oh no, no, I've, I've yeah, I know what you're going to. It's just that—that's uh, crazy. So, and did you? I mean, those bars on six. I, I know you're a swing dancer, or you know, two-step. Kind of was a little swing dancer back in the day. So I know that kind of scene a little bit. You get out there, and and I'm guessing you put those boots up. People probably tried them on. I'm guessing people took them out for a spin on the dance floor. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And uh, actually, f- later on from our pop up shops, we
1: got some great pictures of people, like couples, like dancing in their new boots. Uh, it's, it's tons of fun,
0: actually. Man, so so the bars, for example, you went out, and just threw them up there. How many people? How many people would you engage with on a, know, a given Friday night when you were doing this? And would you actually sell any boots on those Friday nights with that approach? So this
1: was, this was pre-products. There wasn't any selling. It was, it was purely, Hey, y'all want to try this new brand I'm working on, this new boots you want. And, and I would go on like a Thursday, you know, where it's like, it's not, you're not crazy out partying with your friends. You're really here at happy hour. Maybe there's a company thing and you want to kind of get away from it. And I would just step in the corner and, and I would have, usually it'd be like someone would come over and then they invite their friends over. And before you knew it, you know, I'd stay there a couple hours and I would have you know, 10 people probably who, who came over and, and, you know, took them for a spin.
0: And were you just looking for feedback or was it also like, Hey, if you like these, here's my card, give me your email. And I'll let you know when they're available. What was the, were you mostly, was it, or was it both? Was it market feet and market research and pre-marketing?
1: It's both, you know, I'm, I'm a reluctant salesperson. So I would never be like, Hey, go follow me and like me on Facebook. But I would be like, it's called Chisos. And You know how to find us if you want to, you know, and I don't know if I got anything from that or not, but you know, at the very least you're starting to get touch points so that what I wanted is that when people, when we launched, people would say, oh, I've heard of that. You know, and so I would go and I would do this and I would like, I would, you know, there were a couple of times where I would be invited to events and I would always wear the prototypes and I would take, I, mean, I, went, to, I went to, you know, those, those charity events where you're at the, you know, where you're at the table and everyone's semi-fancy and I'd pull my boots off and put them on the table <laughs> and pass them around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of hitting the ground. So Will, can you tell me about the launch party that you guys used to kick off the brand?
1: Yeah. Now, this is one of the most fun things I've ever done, but it was also strategic. I wasn't able to get the boots to Texas by Black Friday. And I, but I knew that I needed to get people interested, involved, and and build up this hype, at least so that they would buy them, you know, in pre order. And so we launched November 1st. Parlor and Yard in Austin is owned by a good friend of mine, Matt Walski, and he had this great venue. Kelsey Wilson is a friend of mine who's in a band called Wild Child, another one called Sir Woman. And she had these great connections. And I had just <laughs> a lot of manic energy. And we we pulled off a launch party where I had one of every full size of the boots on display for people to try on. We had three of Austin's most loved local bands, Sir Woman, David Ramirez, and then Jonathan Terrell, who's now, we're his official boot sponsor. He's our first official sponsored artist. We brought in, we sold the place out. We had a line down the street. We were at capacity of 400 people at the venue. And all these people, I believe it or not, only about half of them did I know or have an acquaintance with there were all these other people that came out and and so we we were able to the, the event did a, a few things one, it got people to actually see the brand in person experience, have a positive experience with the brand and then feel and touch and try on the product in mass and we did pre-sales now at the event and on top of that we donated over $7,000 that night to charity, to land conservation, which is another big tenant, a big pillar of, of Chisos, which, you know, is which was it may not be a lot, but it's outsized. You know, we're pre-revenue <laughs> at this point. And then the final thing, though, is that it gave us a big boost in SEO because I submitted that event to every single listing that I could find. And I created an event page on the website for more information. And so everybody was linking. So you had all these like official local newspapers who were giving, you know, Google juice to chisos.com because of this event. So that was the strategic angle.
0: And are those followed links? Are those actually, you know, they pass, you know, are they followed links versus non-followed? Half and half.
1: You know, uh, a lot of the a lot of the publications here aren't sophisticated enough to even put no follow.
0: Interesting. That's that's cool. How did you promote that? So half of the people there of course you had some was it just like you promoted it really heavily to your friends and family and they they knew you've been doing it and they like what you're up to and then enough of them just brought friends that you ended up, were able to get a crew of 400 people together to kick this thing off.
1: That's part of it. One was the artists themselves brought a lot. You know, I'm David Ramirez announced it and we sold 100 tickets you know, within five hours. Uh, by the way, I just forgot to mention, I charged for this party. You had to pay $20 to get in to our launch party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty bold, very Texan.
1: <laughs> you know, we also, I mean, I'm, all the details are coming back to me. I think I forgot half of this. We also had two big brands, Garrison Brothers Whiskey, which is incredible, and, and a Twisted X Beer in the uh, Central Texas region. They co-sponsored. Um, so we, the, you know, it was an event, you know, it, it was of its own. It was, it was a, it was a big deal. I it just, it's almost like it just happened to be a boot launch party. It was really about this experience of coming and hanging out. Oh, I had championship barbecue smoker on site who was smoking barbecue all day. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And, and this is really, again, going back to like who we are is like, this is the type of event I just like to throw. You know, this is what we used to do back in college. And so I just created the version of it as an adult that I wanted to have, which is great people, great food, great music. Oh, and by the way, we're starting a boot company. And that is really sums up Chisos entirely Is that the, the boots are really just a vehicle for all these other ways that, you know, I want to live my life and the type of company I want to build.
0: And so were you able to get a, a- did you take pre-orders for the boots? Uh, I'm guessing you did. You know, so people were trying the boot because they had one of every size. And then people could pre-order. Were you able to generate a decent number of pre-orders at the at the party?
1: Yes. Yeah, we were. So we were able to get our, our first big boost at the event itself, which was which was really helpful.
0: That's cool. How do you how have you used Pop up shops, uh, obviously, that's the ultimate pop up shop, right? Like you throw a party, you smoke barbecue, you have some great brands, and we had some boots. Uh, yes, and that was your, you know, your finest one. But in in smaller things, like how instrumental have pop up shops been to your growth versus online online traffic? Has it been a? Have you actually been able to move a lot of product that way? Has it been more about branding? Is it something where you are like, man, we're not not going to do a lot more of these? What's what's how instrumental has it been? It's been significant,
1: and it's also about honing in on your market, where to do the pop-up shop and who you're actually targeting. So here's a couple of examples is that, you know, we, we did a, our most beautiful pop-up shop, I think was at this brewery that had just launched in Austin. It had incredible venue. They had all these other, you know, they had a market set up and there were, we talked to hundreds of people And they were all trendy people and they were beautiful people. And none of them bought a pair of boots. (laughs) (laughs) And then we went down to green Texas and we did a pop-up shop in the dirt where we had to bring rugs to throw them down. And I would have old guys come up to me and they'd be like, "Mm, boots, huh? I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) I don't know about that. And I'd be like, just try them on. I swear they're comfortable, you know? And they'd, they'd pull them on. Damn. <laughs> they pull out the credit <laughs> card. And that was the sale. <laughs> that was it. Because... <laughs> they knew the product, right? They had worn, they've worn boots for 60 years. They've worn hundreds of pairs of boots. And they can tell immediately that the quality is there and that there's something different about the way these feel. And so, you know, we would, we would do per hour, you know, our, our greatest revenue would be at events just like that. Where you've got, you know, old cowboys who are basically, this is like, it's not politically correct, but this is what really happens is that the the wives drag him out to this damn Christmas market. They got to walk around. They don't really want to be there. Oh, they see this guy selling boots. Okay. All right. Let me go. Let me go prove this little new boot guy that he's got a bad product. And then they try him on. The product speaks for itself. That's that quiet confidence. And they leave with a pair. And we would do that time and time again. So the pop-up shops allowed the product to speak for itself. You know, this is exactly the way we want to interact. So the other thing is those guys then would sit and they shoot the breeze with us. And so I, you know, we'd be out there talking and they'd tell me about the first pair of boots they ever bought or the ones that their grandfather gave them or the boots that they wore in, you know, World War II for God's sake. It was a guy came by in a, in a wheelchair for that one. And you know, these are fantastic stories. And this is, again, this is what Katie and I want to do all day, which is just shoot the breeze with people, pop open a long neck and and get to know them. Oh, by the way, we're selling boots. But it's not the core focus. It's not the, the commercialism is not really why we're here.
0: That's amazing. So biggest thing is getting to a, a place where you really can authentically connect with those customers. Did you end up using... Were you able to, in a, a way that wasn't slimy or, or sketchy, be able to capture some of those stories to be able to, to tell to your audience or was it mostly just direct completely by just connecting with people? It was just about
1: connecting with people. You know, we we have, well, this may be giving away a little, little of our future plans, but we are working on a way to to do an unconventional podcast of sorts. And rather than go interview famous people or, or or people that you, you might have read about, we want to interview our customers and we want to share their stories. And because they're fascinating people. And, you know, if we think they're interesting, I'm sure other people are going to think they're interesting and nobody's doing that. And I feel like it's really, it would be a, we want to produce that content, not even, maybe this is backwards and my MBA friends are probably going to smack me, but it's not even to me like a core as a selling tool. As a, I'm sure there's a byproduct of that, but it's really about the existing customer base of Chisos owners and and reinforcing that and allowing them to connect to each other, you know, especially in times like these.
0: I love it. Will, this has been super fun, man. I want to, before we, we put a bow on this, would love to do a little lightning round with you if you're, if you're game before, we call it.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: Awesome. First one, who's your most beloved Texas icon? (laughs) Uh, Do natural landmarks count? Sure, sure. But you can check Norris's out because obviously he's number one. But anyone else?
1: That's true. Uh, The Chisos Mountains in Big Bend National Park.
0: You know, how did I not see this? How did (laughs) I? There we go. Favorite piece of e-commerce tech?
1: Texting your customers from your personal cell phone number.
0: Ah, so not using like something super fancy to automate, but like, you, do, you, you, do you text a lot with your customers via your phone? Yeah, actually I
1: do. So I mean, I like anything that connects with them. You know, we do a Facebook group. I give up my personal email, you know, we use chat, Help scout shout out to help scout on the website, but the biggest one is I text people, you know, follow ups, and and I'll just go through every day and I'll pick a random customer and I'll shoot them a note, and and they send me back pictures of the boots and <laughs> and how much they love them, and it's awesome.
0: That's awesome. What do you do? You just say, okay, like, hey, Will here, owner Chisos. Hope you're enjoying your boots. Let me know if you have any questions. Is that as simple as that? That's exactly like word for word, word wow. for word. That's cool. Your least f- favorite piece of e-commerce tech. Anything that has to do with paying sales tax. Oh man, Here hear you. What's the last thing you apologized for that you're willing to share?
1: An admission slash apology. Admitting that I am stressed by the quarantine and the lockdown. I didn't want to admit it. I think I was in denial, but it was affecting the way I was behaving. and So I had to apologize to somebody
0: about that. And obviously, you sell boots, have a couple of different models. What's your favorite model that you sell? And we're going to link up to those in the show notes.
1: The Chisos number two. There's really nothing like it. Uh, I even designed my own toe shape for that one. So, very, very proud of the Chisos number two.
0: And then a couple of uh, questions given you've, you've kind of been a new, a new member of the community the last, last month or two. Who's the most fascinating person or the most fascinating niche you've discovered while being a part of uh, ECF?
1: I've got to give a shout out to William davidson hybrid-racing.com but he is notable because he dove in and procured a whole bunch of ppe and then was sharing it with other business owners for their for their needs for their employees and myself included it you know at no markup that's pretty awesome
0: yeah that was super cool william big thank you for that that was amazing and then finally what's the biggest problem that you've have solved? you've have you have had solved as a result of being part of ecf
1: Uh, I was trying to get in touch with you. Problem solved.
0: (laughs) What are you talking about? We were were in touch before you joined UCF.
1: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Problem
0: solved. I was trying to get on a a podcast. Problem solved.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I almost went with that one. (laughs) You know, I got to say it's still early, but, you know, there's been... Two things I think there's been an incredible amount of value. You know, you guys did the the video chats with people in your area, and I've been interacting with people on the forums. And you know, when you discuss your business and other people's businesses with other owners, it's so different than discussing it with people who are not also owners. Even if they're you know highly skilled in their field, it's just different. They 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 understand things. They also force you to answer questions that other people wouldn't. That then you know, reinforce your own knowledge of your own business. And so I think that's that's the biggest one. And then the second thing is that, man, I've been reading those case studies nonstop. And, you know, everything from email flows to, you know, how to hire and, and motivate good people, it's really helping me polish everything. And, you know, so I, I can't at the, at the immediate point to one big thing yet, but it's just been overall, I feel like it's leveling, helping me level up
0: awesome awesome well well will been great having you in the community thanks for for jumping in and being so active and yeah you're in fantastic condition and congrats on on building a super cool brand that's uh, obviously has a long way to run in front of it so if you want to check out what Will is doing, it's chisos.com, scom Uh Check him out, buy some boots and see what this guy is up to because he's making some pretty, pretty cool stuff. So, Will, this is a lot of fun, man. This is, uh, I had a, a great time just kind of, yeah, catching up, talking, learning about the process. I appreciate you coming on the show to, to share, man. It's been a blast. I had a great time. I hope to talk to you again soon. That's going to do it for this week. Again, a big thank you to the team at Klaviyo for making the show possible. The best place to send highly segmented messages via email and SMS to your customers to make more money. You can learn more about them and get started at klaviyo.com forward slash ECF. And also brought to you by the e-commerce fuel private community, a vetted form and review directory of a thousand plus in the trenches, experienced store owners that you can connect with to help grow your business. If you want to learn more about that and apply for membership, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening. Work hard and adventure often and looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. This is the ASY Radio Network Live from New York.